Welcome, everyone. For all of you who are here in person, we thank you for being here. Glad to have you. Um, and for those of you that are joining us online as well, we're, we're happy to have you. We pray that, above all things, the Lord will be glorified this morning and that we would all be blessed by being at a, at a worship service on a beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning here in Southern California. Great to have you all and great to see you. Let me start off by asking you, I see some new faces, so if, uh, if you've never been here, we would love to be able to stay in contact with you. We, we do have some informational cards for you to fill out, if, if you would, just for us to be able to uh, you know, send you an occasional email, let you know what's happening around here. Uh, you could also go online and fill that out as you go to crosspointchristianchurch.com, scroll all the way down, and there's a really simple digital form to fill out. And again, that's just for us to be able to stay in touch with you. Uh, to welcome you, and uh, we'd love for you to stay in touch with us as well. If you ever have any questions, any comments, if you want to meet, uh, you can also go to crosswindchristianchurch.com, and we can uh, set something up there. A couple of things happened yesterday. Let me announce that uh, we have a newlywed couple that's not here, but uh, Isaiah and Lishery uh, were married yesterday, Robles, and uh, we're happy for them. We're Big round of applause. I don't know if they're watching this morning online, but uh, they could always watch it on, on YouTube later on. Yeah, but I'm, you know, I'm, I mean, Isaiah and Lish. <laughs> uh, parents are, are back there. Um, I want to tell you that at the end of the service, we're going to have some people available for, to pray with you or for you. And I, I would really encourage you to take us up on that. Uh, it's a way for you to kind of maybe meet that couple or those people that are there for you and um, for us to be in touch with you. And um, as far as I'm concerned, we all need prayer. And so we also need to work a little bit on our culture as far as, you know, a little bit of that vulnerability and uh, that openness and that relational part. Uh, I would imagine that most of you are somewhat like me and you're kind of shy, you're kind of quiet. Of course, you probably couldn't tell me speaking up here, but normally outside of me speaking here at church, I'm actually a very uh, quiet, peaceful individual that, that, that would rather actually kind of keep it to myself and, and observe. I'm more of an observant, kind of an introvert, but uh, if that's kind of you, just know that there's a bunch of us here and feel comfortable uh, reaching out. We're going to start a prayer campaign starting tomorrow. It's going to be a 14-day prayer campaign, and it's going to be about missions. And today's message is going to be about, about missions. We're going to take a look at, uh, the, the title is Power to Witness, and it's a look at missions. So keep that in mind. That's part of why we would want to have your, your email address and your information so that we could send out those daily emails with the prayer. Uh, and and there are special prayers, and I'm probably going to talk about it a little bit during the message, in case I forget or I run out of time. Um, these are prayers from two of our uh, bigger missions uh, that we support, one in India and one in, in Mexico, in Ensenada. And um, they actually wrote the prayers, the daily prayers, for us to pray with them and for them. So they're pretty special. And we as a church want to be about impacting the world for Jesus Christ with the gospel. And so missions is very important, but we'll get to that during the message. Really quick, I haven't mentioned this from the pulpit, and I would like to. Our church also has a Bible bowl. For those of you that know what that is, you're, you're good. But for the rest of us, you're thinking, what is that? So Bible bowl is for our teens in our, in our church, anywhere from, I think, fifth grade, Dave, and all the way to high school. 
right, thereabout. And uh, they meet virtually right now on Sundays from 1 to 2 p.m., and they are studying the book of Revelation. So uh, for those of you that have read Revelation or are familiar with Revelation, it's a, it's a fun book, and our teens are studying that together, and they get to compete against other churches. Really cool event for our, for our teens, for our youth. And so if that's you or you know you have a teen that, that would uh, fall into that category, we would encourage you to go online, crosswindchristianchurch.com, and take a look. Uh, and if you could, you could always talk to David Doolittle. I know Hattie's involved in that, I believe, and, 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 and most of the youth that are here are also involved in that. So uh, I encourage you to do that. So guess what? Next week is already the last Sunday before Thanksgiving, right? And so we want to have a, a Thanksgiving service. We don't know how, quote-unquote, special we could make it uh, because of COVID. Normally, we would have you know, activities where we would gather and kind of come up and get really close to each other. And um, we, we may still do something like that, a little bit modified. But I would encourage you to join us. And for those of you that are watching us online and don't feel comfortable still associated in big groups, we totally understand that. We want to continue to provide this for you. But I think it would be really great for, for just a bunch of us to get together and, um, and just worship the Lord together and express our gratitude and our thankfulness to him. I know 2020 has been a very interesting year, and, um, and, and I think all of us can, can attest to the fact that in many ways it's been, there's been so many negative things happening, so much negativity, a lot of loss in different ways. But at the same time, I've had many conversations with a lot of you, a lot of people that talk about, you know, even within all this bad that has been happening in 2020, there's also a lot of good that's been occurring. Uh, so we want to be looking for, for the good. We want to see God's faithfulness even through trying times and, and be able to express that gratitude uh, to the Lord. I think that's it for, for announcements and such, so let's get right to it. If you came in and grabbed one of these fellows right here, we want to take communion. As we get together on this beautiful Lord's Day, we want to take communion together and... Um, acknowledge the fact that we're only here because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, did for us on the cross of Calvary. I want to share with you a verse in John chapter 1, just to get us kind of in the right mindset. It's an awesome verse that John the Apostle relates to us. He narrates it here in his gospel, but he's quoting the other John, John the Baptist. So we're going to read John chapter 1, verse 29, and this is John the Baptist speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, the next day John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That was John's testimony of who Jesus was. They were also cousins, by the way. And when he sees Jesus coming towards him, he says, behold, he tells all of his disciples, points to Jesus and said, take a look at that man right there, because that is not just a man. That is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And beloved, when we take communion, we're acknowledging the fact that our sins have been taken away. And the Bible describes that the only way that that can happen 
is if we, by faith, accept the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf at the cross of Calvary, that Jesus hung in that cross and he bled to death on my behalf. He took my sins and he paid the price for them. And every Sunday we get to celebrate that and make remembrance of that. And that should completely transform our perspective in life. You know, the Bible says that we're all sinners. And that's so important. You know, we don't come to church, you know, pretending that we're not sinners. We're all sinners in need of God's grace. And it is only by His grace that He has given us the understanding through the preaching and hearing of the gospel that though we are sinners, Christ died for us. And He made a way for us to receive forgiveness of our sins and thus taking sin out of the way, we're able to have a relationship with the almighty, holy, perfect, eternal God. And that is worthy to be, God is worthy to be praised, and, and, and it's, this is an, an important thing to celebrate every, every week. So as we take the bread, we make remembrance of God's only Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. It represents His body, His perfect body, sinless body, given for us. Let's take it together. And as we take the Jews, we make remembrance of his blood that was shed on our behalf. And beloved, I love the fact that we have so many youth here at our church in person right now. Because I remember growing up in church and hearing the gospel being presented over and over and over. But I was about 13 years old when that head knowledge became something that I understood and accepted by faith. Not only did Jesus die for the sins of the world, but I understood that Jesus hung on that cross for me. And I'm able to say, along with Paul in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified together with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Let's take that together. So this morning... The title of the message is Power to Witness, a look at missions. We're going to look at Acts 1.8, just one verse, Acts 1.8. And I want to share three points fairly quickly. And they all start with S so that you can remember. Because I am going to ask you, before you leave today, I want to ask you what three points were. I'm kidding. I won't get a chance to do that. But we're going to look at, just from this one verse, we're going to take a look at the situation, at the source, and at the strategy from this one verse. We're going to look at the situation that, that, or the context of this one verse as it relates to missions. And we want to make some practical applications for us as a church, and then hopefully for you as an individual. What, it means, what does it mean to be a Christian, a follower of Christ, and, and what did Jesus say about that? as it relates to missions for us individually. So Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Let me go ahead and read that. And before I read it, let me just share with you the main point of this morning's message. And that is that remembering that we received power through the Holy Spirit in order to witness for Him is a way to live for God's glory. Remembering that we received power through the Holy Spirit in order to witness for Him is a way to live for God's glory. We can so easily get distracted sidetracked about what it means to, to even exist, be alive, and have a relationship with God. Hopefully a message like this could help us kind of tune in a little bit and focus at the importance of us witnessing for Christ and what that means. 
So Acts 1.8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. Sorry, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Let us pray. Gracious Father, thank you for allowing us this beautiful morning to gather. I thank you for everybody who's here and for everybody who's watching online. We're grateful and we pray that Holy Spirit, through your presence and through your power, that you would illuminate us, that you would teach us your truth and that your truth would find an open mind, an open heart that is willing to not just receive it, but be doers of it. I thank you and ask for your blessing. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. So, let me read it again, because this is our Lord Jesus Christ speaking, and, and let me get right to the uh, first point, actually, which is the situation. So I want to give you a little bit of background. You know, who said this? Uh, somebody's speaking here when he says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be, my, you should, you should, you should be witnesses of me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So, short answer, the Lord Jesus Christ said that. And he was speaking to his disciples literally right before he ascends to heaven after his death, burial, and resurrection. So here's, I want to go way back, all the way back to eternity. But, but here's the eternal creator God who 2,000 years ago more or less becomes a man, becomes like one of us, takes on flesh, and then he lives a perfect life in order that he would give that life as a sacrifice, as a payment for you and me. And after he dies, he's, he's buried. Three days later, he resurrects. At the cross, he says, it is finished. Remember that? He, he said seven things while at the cross. One of them was, it is finished. His redemptive work, everything that needed to be done in order for us to obtain or have salvation accessible to us was finished. Done. So he dies, buried, he resurrects, he hangs out for 40 days. And then on the 40th day, right before he leaves, he gives this charge to his disciples and consequently to every believer that follows suit. That will be us. And he tells them, he says, but you shall receive power. So this is the Lord speaking. We have a little bit of context. And he tells them, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So some things were happening in Acts that were a little bit different, transitional. Uh, the apostles, the disciples had experienced the Holy Spirit's power, his presence, but not his indwelling, the way the New Testament describes and explains and teaches for us believers after uh, the Lord ascends. And then 10 days later, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes in a very special way that he had never done before. And that is to indwell every believer. And Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes in that manner, 10 days from now, you shall receive power. And then the question becomes, power for what? You know, power is a dangerous thing, right? They say power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. So power could be a dangerous thing. And Jesus said, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you shall receive power. And the question becomes power for what? He explains it. You shall receive power and you shall be witnesses to me. You shall be my witnesses. The power that we receive from God through the Holy Spirit is primarily for us to be able to be witnesses of his. And beloved, that has so many implications, right? 
What does it mean to be a witness of his? And, and, and I would imagine, if you're like me, that when we say, you know, we got to be witnesses of Christ, ideas flood your mind, especially if you grew up in church, and maybe in, in your mind you're thinking, that means i got to go knock on doors, or maybe that means i, I got to be preaching Jesus all the time. And, and that would certainly be part of it. But I think it's much deeper than that. And maybe many of us are not currently in a position to be knocking on doors and just be very you know, vocal about our faith. Maybe we're going through trials or situations. But can I say to you that because we're children of God and the Holy Spirit indwells us, then it doesn't matter where we are in life and what our circumstances around us look like that we have the power to be witnesses of His. And beloved, you can probably remember or attest to the fact that maybe some of the most important moments for you as a Christian maybe weren't necessarily somebody speaking the gospel specifically to you. Maybe it was you witnessing or watching somebody suffer and hold on to their faith. You know, there was a beautiful article this week in our newsletter about our sister Christy Doolittle. If you haven't read that, I would advise you to. But she speaks of a lot of loss that she experienced lately. I know many of us have as well. And she talks about the importance of hanging on to her faith and how it is that it is through these valleys that she's able to be sustained by God through her faith in Him. And guess what? People are watching. Because if something... If there's something that people around you want to see, is they want to see genuine faith. Not just when you go to church. Hey, you know, go to church with me so you can see how holy I am. How, how easy is that? I would imagine that most of you are in your best behavior right now, right? Most of you. But what happens when we leave? And what happens when we suffer loss or even tragedy? All I'm saying is people are watching, and to be witnesses of Christ means much more than just, and I don't mean to minimize it, but it's much more than just speaking the gospel to people, although ultimately that is what's going to uh, give people an opportunity to be saved, right? To hear the gospel and to be able to respond to that in faith. But being witnesses of Christ is a 24-7 um, job or privilege for us. People are watching, and people want to know if our faith is genuine. And even when we go through trials or triumphs, I don't want to sound like all, you know, downer. When we, when we have amazing triumphs, when we succeed in something, do we give God the glory or do we take, you know, glory for ourselves? People are watching. So keep that in mind. So that is the situation. Let me share a couple of verses with you. Matthew 28, 19 through 20, I've probably mentioned this verse more than any other through our messages, but I want you to memorize it. Jesus said himself, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The Lord Jesus Christ gives that command. It is our great commission for the church to go out and make disciples. And may I say that making disciples is not, and I repeat, it is not easy. Making disciples is not just sharing the gospel with the person and then leaving them alone. You know, like I did my job, God will take care of the rest. Yeah, that's not what he said. He said, make disciples teaching them all the things that I've commanded you. Discipleship can be messy, 
Discipleship requires sacrifice, time, and commitment. But beloved, we have to understand that that is exactly what we've been called for. And that is a main reason why we were given the Holy Spirit and the power that He has in us to be witnesses of His. John 14, 12, you know, we have a Bible study Tuesdays and Thursday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. You can find that on our website, how to get there. We're going through John 14, and in verse 12, listen to what Jesus tells his disciples prior to the cross. He says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, and that will be us, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father, and the Holy Spirit was going to come down. But Jesus said, if you believe in me, you're going to do the works that I do. Not only that, you're going to do greater works. And I don't know about you, but I get this little sense of guilt and shame when I hear that. The Lord said that if I believe in him, I will be doing the works that he did and even greater works. And I'm thinking like, well, I can't do that. He was pretty awesome. And it's not that we have to outdo him. He's just saying that as you receive the Holy Spirit, we're going to be able to continue that work of, of sharing the gospel with people. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, He will do some wonderful work. But we have to believe it. We have to believe it. And, and I'm hoping that, that we will be encouraged as, as we hear these words from, from, from God's Word. So in looking at missions through Acts 1.8, we considered the situation. That, that was point one that context. So let me, let me touch a little bit on the second point, which is the source, the source of the power. We've kind of did some overlapping already. So the source of the power, and it's explained there very easily in Acts 1.8, but it's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in every believer. That is what makes us children of God. That is what allows us to say that we have eternal life. And, and the Bible is full of verses that speak of that. That as we put our trust in Jesus Christ, as we come to repentance and acceptance, as we surrender to Christ as our Lord and Savior, we become children of God, and with that, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so it's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in every believer. That is the source of our power. And that's important. Seems kind of obvious. But then when we talk about, uh, hey, let's, you know, let's share our faith. We don't immediately say like, yeah, because, you know, the Holy Spirit is in me. Let's do it. What, what, what? It's more like, uh, I don't know, because, you know, I don't know the Bible that well. You know, I'm not really that good with words. You know, what if they ask me questions that I don't know the answer to? You know, what happens is we're taking our eyes off of the source of the power and we're putting our eyes on ourselves and our abilities and our experiences. And that's never going to work because we're doing what Jesus didn't tell us to do, which is focus on ourselves rather than to focus on the Holy Spirit who is the source of our power. But that takes faith, beloved. And when I say faith, I hope we don't assume and say, yeah, well, I have faith. We've talked about that. We are to grow in our faith. And we grow in our faith as we get to know God and we get to know God as we study the scriptures. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's so important that we get into the word. That's why I'm excited that our kids are reading, you know, Revelation. And that as a church, we have a youth group on Friday nights where they can come and have Bible studies. And then we offer Bible studies throughout the week for women, for men, for everybody. 
We want to we wanna be a church that is about being in the Word. So the source of the power. Let me read three verses from Ephesians. Ephesians 3.16 says that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with the might through His Spirit in the inner man, Paul says. To be strengthened with the might through His Spirit in the inner man. That is where we find our strength. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. And I want to relate that to Ephesians 2.10, which says that we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You know, when we talk about power to witness, when we talk about missions, we have to understand that it is all of our responsibility. If you're a believer, the Holy Spirit is in you. He's there to empower you to be a witness for Him. And that's our responsibility as a church. And that is our responsibility as individuals. Let me share with you about the strategy that Jesus uh, shared here in this one verse. The strategy. He says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So we're going to see that as a strategy. You know, he doesn't just say, you're going to be my witnesses and just go. He says, start in Jerusalem. You know where they were when he said this? They were in Jerusalem. So he says, start where you are. Sometimes we get caught up. And, and one of the things that I want to mention about missions is that we don't want to keep our missions overseas. Uh, if you guys are Casting Crowns fans, you know I just plagiarized one of their lines. They have a new song, Casting Crowns, and he, he talks, he's kind of he's maybe trying to wake up the church a little bit. And he talks about uh, some of the state of the modern church here in the West. And one of the things that he says is that we try to keep our missions overseas. Ooh. You know, it's easy to send money out to the other side of the world. But what about crossing the street to try to reach somebody in need? That's the idea. And that's part of what I want to talk about today. I love the fact that we are involved in India. I love the fact that we're involved in Ensenada, Mexico with an orphanage. And we're, we'll talk about that. And again, in our newsletter last night, there is an article about both of those missions that we support. And I think it's a great thing. But I also want to talk about our mission work in Bell Gardens, where we're meeting there every week. And we're going out there, meeting at a park, and just inviting youth or anybody who wants to study the Bible and we have people from here, five of us, and, and others that have been joining us and just making ourselves available to see who we could reach with the gospel. We don't want to keep our missions overseas as a church, but as individuals. And he says, start in Jerusalem. And to us, that means start now. Start wherever you are. Start with your house. I hope you don't assume that because I'm a pastor, you know, I got it all together. Because I don't. Sorry to disappoint you. I know you didn't. All right. But I, I understand that my responsibility is at home. I love you guys. I really genuinely would say I love Crosspoint. I love serving here. But I also have a family for which I am responsible. And I have relatives. You know, I have my own family. Thank God for that. And then I have relatives. And then relatives that are a little farther out. And then I have my own community and my own neighbors. 
And so what we want to do is we want to realize that all of us have this charge and responsibility and privilege to be witnesses of his. And he's already given us the means and the power to be able to do that. We just got to take his strategy and put it into practice and say, where does God want me to start? And let's not get focused on like, oh, maybe I just got to give more to the India. I, I would hope you do. Or maybe you're thinking, like, oh, you know, if, if maybe one day I could go to Africa. You need to go to Africa. I mean, that's good if you end up going to Africa. Take me with you. But we don't have to wait to do mission work, you know, way out in the future in some big way. I'm saying your teammates, I'm saying your classmates or your friends, your relatives need to hear the gospel and we're, God has us there for that reason. So we start in Jerusalem and then he says Judea, which is a surrounding area outside of Jerusalem. And then just north of that is uh, Samaria. And then he says, and then to the ends of the earth. So we start where we are with the people that God has entrusted us around us, and we spread out from there. And it's not going to be easy. And, and, and beloved, I would say, you know, being a witness for Christ is not about a, a switch that you turn on and off. Oh, I'm at work. I don't have to witness right now. You know, oh, I'm about to start my three-hour practice. I don't need to witness right now. I'm saying if we are children of God, we are witnesses of Christ. The only question is whether we're being good witnesses or bad witnesses. We represent Christ. We are the body of Christ. We are the church, whether we like it or not. I don't know, that sounds weird, right? Uh, but doesn't matter where we are, doesn't matter what we're doing, we are witnesses of Christ, and we take those, those opportunities. And, and I, I realize sometimes we forget, we get distracted, and we, you know, until somebody tells you, hey, aren't you a Christian? <laughs> I hope we don't hear that too often. I'm guessing most of us have. Uh, yeah, I thought you were a Christian. I'm like, well, I am. Sometimes we don't do a very good job. Last, uh, okay. So we talked about the situation in that verse, the source of the power and the strategy, witnesses for him near and far. You know, a witness is one who tells the truth about Jesus Christ. And... And also the word that, that is used there for witness is where we get our word martyr from, meaning one who is willing to die for their faith. That sounds scary, right? And it sounds so foreign, especially for us, the church in the West. Die for our faith? I mean, we're up in arms when they don't let us get together indoors and they have us wear a mask. It's like, who do you think you are? You want to fight back, but are you willing to die for your faith? Or are you just willing to complain for your faith? Ooh, I think that one's for me. Probably for you too. It's all right. Let's wrap this up. Or let's start to... Look, Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense for everyone who asks you for a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and with fear. You see that? Always be ready. And let me share a quick story. I still got eight minutes. I feel like I got a lot of time. All right. Uh, in Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20, there is a man who is demon-possessed. 
And he's not just possessed by one demon, but by many. Um, and the Lord happens to go by there. And um, that man runs to him and begins to worship him and acknowledge him as the son of God. And, and then the demons, it's kind of weird, but they start pleading with Jesus not to send them to the abyss. And if they, if, if they would please... If, if Jesus would allow them to go into this herd of swine, 2,000 pigs, and, and the Lord says, yes, the whole thing is a little, you know, just weird. And so the demons come out of this one man, and they enter the, the uh, herd of, of swine, and then they run off a cliff, and they all drown, just bizarre all around. And, um, but then here's the point. After, after that happens, everybody's amazed. And then the Lord gets into a boat, he's about to leave, and this man that's just been healed by Jesus and rescued and saved wants to go with the Lord. You know, he's just assuming, I owe everything to him, I will follow you. And then the Lord says something to him that I think is so interesting. So after the man says, I'm going to follow you, I'm, I'm coming with you, I think he just assumed that he was going to follow Jesus for the rest of his life. The Lord turns around and says this, however, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends, and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. And I get emotional about that. Here's this man that is extremely grateful for what has just happened to him. And beloved, we have to be grateful people. We have to understand that we've been rescued, that we've been saved from what we deserved, which is condemnation, separation from God for all of eternity. That is what you and I deserve. But then there's grace. Then there's God's grace and His mercy and His love that rescues us and saves us. And we should be grateful and willing and wanting to follow Jesus and be his witnesses. But then the Lord turns around and says like, ah, you can't come. He must have been like, what? What do you mean? And he says, go home. Go to your friends. And tell them the great things that the Lord has done for you. And how he has had compassion on you. Beloved, some of us need to really figure out what Christ has done for us. Some of us have to really figure out what it is that we are proclaiming that Christ has done for us. Because look, if Jesus Christ, our Lord, has only made your life a little bit better, if the Lord has only helped you ease your conscience, if the Lord has only helped you maybe not be so afraid about dying, then I could see how we're not going to be very grateful. If, if, if Jesus means you being able to ask somebody up there for favors when you're in trouble, and sometimes you get them and sometimes you don't, if that's what you think you've gotten from Jesus, then I could see how we're going to be dull and lukewarm and living mediocre Christian lives. But what has he done for you? Because the Lord would say, tell you the same thing. I like the fact that you're following me, but part, part of that following me means go home. 
And beloved, I know that many of us should be convicted right now when Jesus is telling us, go home, start in your house. Get your act together at home. Be my witness at your house, with your kids, with your spouse, with your parents. Go home and then go to your friends and tell them what Jesus has done for you. We need to figure out what it is that he's done for us. Ephesians 2.1 says that you, he made alive who were dead in sins and trespasses. We had it just as bad at this, as this man did. All right, we got to talk about missions and we got three minutes. So at Crosspoint, we don't want to keep our missions overseas. We want to all be involved in that. We have Buds of Christ that you could read about in our website in India. These are outstanding brothers in Christ who have devoted their life to servicing and blessing children that have been affected by AIDS in India with the gospel, and they give them the gospel and help them. Reino de los Niños is an Ensenada, it's an orphanage that services about 36 kids. And then we have the Bell Gardens group, and we want to grow as we impact our communities here in Whittier, surrounding communities. And I know that God has put different things in different people here at Crosspoint. We need to work together, give those to the Lord, and move forward together for God's kingdom as we are witnesses of His individually and as a church. I'm excited, beloved, because I'm going to do a one-minute commercial. This new coming year, we want to implement more of our simple discipleship process. And you might be thinking, like, how come we haven't heard more? Because it's simple. It's not that hard. Check it out. All right, ready? Awesome Sunday morning worship service where we can invite our friends. And we have several people new for the first time here today. Thank you for joining us. And then we commit to growing in small groups. Everybody, small groups from youngest to oldest. And then you commit to serving the Lord and the world with love through service teams whether it's Bell Gardens, whether it's homes, shelter homes here in Whittier, whether it's the Dream Center, whether it's whatever we choose to work on and do together, we want everybody involved showing God's love to the world, starting at home, but then moving out as well. That's it. And then new people are going to come in, and we're going to take them to that discipleship process, and then they're going to reach more people, and we'll take them to that discipleship process, and we're all going to be committed to growing and being witnesses of Christ for His glory. And we're working on all that. You're going to be hearing a lot about this, especially about uh, growth groups. Our service teams are more affected by COVID than our growth groups, but I really want to encourage you to make sure that you get your heart prepared because it's not going to be easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. Most of you are going to start coming up with excuses. I have children, you know, I have work, and those are important but we don't want to use them as an excuse, all right? We got, we got all kinds of stuff going on. We all do, but we got to be committed followers of Jesus Christ so that we can be witnesses of His for His honor and glory. Start with the 14-day prayer challenge that begins tomorrow. Make sure you get those uh, emails and that you pray with us, all right? Deal? 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 All right. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you so much for allowing us this beautiful morning once again. Thank you for everybody who was part of this service. We bless you. We thank you. 
What an honor to be your children and to be witnesses for our Lord Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, for your indwelling and your power. We thank you. Help us to be obedient. We pray in Jesus' mighty name, our Lord and Savior. Amen. God bless you, beloved. You're dismissed.